from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week, where the discussion is going to be about design, in this case, interior design. And I've got three experts to talk just about that, starting with Jay Hutchins, the director of product planning at Forcia, a supplier company that's involved in this business. Pat Stewart, the vice president of interior systems at Intiva, another supplier company involved in it. And Helen Emsley, the executive director of design at GMC. And great to have you all here on AutoLine this week. Thank you. Helen, let me throw it out to you. Uh, Interiors are getting so much more attention these days than they did in the past. But specifically, what are you honing in on? What What priorities are you setting for interior design at GMC? Well, of course, I mean, we're trying all the time to improve our interiors and we want the best look, but we're also looking for the best quality of materials, putting real materials where it should be real materials, like just recently on the Corvette. In the interior of the Corvette, where it's um, carbon fibre, it is real carbon fibre. Where it looks like aluminum, it's real aluminum. Same with the full-size trucks, it's real aluminum. And we've also really raised the bar on the fabrics on the full-size trucks, because if you have children in a car and you spill a drink, there's nothing worse than that drink sinking inside. So you can actually, the drink will stay on top and you can clean them. So that's very important things for us looking at interiors. Pat, same question. What sort of things are, are you guys working on? Well, we're, we're working on the exact same things Helen's working on, of course, <laughs> um, as our customer. But uh, a little bit more of a challenge um, from the material side is trying to get that, the feel, the look, mm-hmm. um, the appearance, even the smell, uh, but delivering it at a uh, price point less than leather or something that's, that's real. Um, durability uh, yeah. is critical. Lasting for 10 years, some of the natural materials just can't do that. So um, the evolution of the, I'll call the, the polyvinyl chlorides or the thermoplastic olefins over the last 10 to 15 years has really enabled some of that yeah. long-term durability with the softer feel and, and, yeah. and more natural type materials. Jay? I think that what Helen uh, alluded to is a very interesting point. It's that authenticity of materials within a brand. I think it really goes a long way in conveying a premium message uh, in a true expression of what the execution of the interior should be within the vehicle. And what we focused on is those are those real materials as well. So providing aluminum trim, um, large surface wood. We see this coming in and in concept vehicles for years, these large surfaces of wood, and we've actually worked on some technologies where we can use now uh, large surface wood at a competitive price and help yeah. execute those themes that the design studios have been playing with uh, in an application ready for the market. How do you keep real wood looking real? Because I've been in some cars where it's got so much coating on it to protect it from UV degradation and the like, it feels and looks like plastic. I've seen others that have retained the grain that, honest to goodness, look like laser-etched plastic. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep the real wood looking real? I think first it's the selection of the veneer and working with the color and trim studio to really pick veneers uh, that have a lot of essence to them. You can feel the grain. You can see the pattern. Um, And whether you're using a high-gloss application or a a matte finish, which is becoming uh, the trend now, it's really making sure that that veneer selection is appropriate for the yeah. style that you want to convey within the vehicle. Yeah, and also how you, where you use the wood and mm-hmm. how you use the wood. Because if you put a really big piece of wood, no one's going to think it's real wood. They're going to think it's plastic. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to make the wood lo- do a shape that could not naturally do a piece of wood. So this is what all the time we're talking about design. Think about the material you're using and how and where you put it. But Pat... Plastics can be used in a very interesting way. I've seen certain grainings and, and textures used in plastic that actually looked rich and, and luxurious. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the evolution I was referring yeah. to. I mean, we spent, to, to, to your point, we spent all of our lives trying to make 
plastic look like real wood and glossed up real wood to make it look like plastic. Um, and it, we were losing what I call the intrinsic value of this is real wood. When you get in the car, this is, it smells like leather. It, it looks like real wood. So you can do things with plastic, um, but when you touch and feel in your interior, there's just like the aluminum trim, yeah. there, there is no substitution for that cool feel of aluminum or the actual grain of the wood versus a plastic. Even the sound it makes when you touch it is now differentiating these, the, the vehicle levels at the OEMs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think one of the reasons why we're seeing interiors look so much better these days is car companies are investing more money in the interiors. Instead of trying to design to a budget, yeah. it seems to be designed for a look, is that right? Y yes, it is, but also when we started in the full-size truck, it was, we had a budget, okay? And designers being designers, we're not good with figures, okay? <laughs> and I'm not. So, but what we did was, we actually took, we, we made our interior, and I went out to clinic with a full-size interior property. And we let the people sit inside that property, which they were like, well, if it gets broken, we'll repair it. Because it's not only about the look, the feel, the touch, it's where things are. Like when we were doing the trucks, often designers will make really nice, fantastic switches because we really like how they look. But then a customer gets in with gloves and they can't, the, you know, on the job site. Mm -hmm. So we actually went and we talked to the customers and we really did listen. And when we were doing the full-size trucks, we listened and it was like, it was, it was news to us because the last time we'd done the trucks, we didn't have all the crossover vehicles. Also now you've got so much choice, you've got these vehicles in between. So what we went out with, what we thought people needed was so different to what we found out. So we came back and Ed, and I'm like, Ed, I want to go back. And you're like, what? I says, I want to go back with some more designs because I really want to interpret what they've told us with the gauges, with the switches, with everything, where the storage is and go back and let's get the same people to the clinic again, and that's what we did. So it's all about listening to everybody and where you're gonna put it with the materials. Mm -hmm. Jay, even though uh, automakers are spending more money on interiors this day, these days, I'm sure cost is still mm -hmm. a huge element of what you've gotta struggle with in any designs that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking for a way to balance what yeah. is needed in terms of design and what's affordable in terms of the budget for the specific yeah. vehicle that we're dealing with. And that's really where our expertise comes in. If we can work up front with the, with the design teams and the studio teams to really understand what they're trying to achieve in terms of fit and finish, in terms of function and features, we can go back within our product development teams and challenge them yeah. to come up with some new features, new designs, new executions, new process technologies that can really advance what the OEM is trying to do at an affordable price point, which is key for us. Can you give us an example of that? I, I'm thinking of one myself. Everybody loves the sewed look, and I know you guys have done some interesting things that is kind of a molding with some sewing, but not really seams, right? Right, so there's different ways that you can execute cut and sew, and we're a big yeah. supplier for Cadillac yeah. uh, on the premium vehicles doing real yeah. cut and sew yeah. uh, in the traditional sense. But as this has started to move down in segments and become more popular in different vehicles, we also have something that we call deco stitch. And deco stitch is the ability to take a molded skin, whether it's a PVC or a TPO skin, and then form that skin with an actual seam in it, but it's just one piece of material. Yeah. Then you do a sewing step, and then you can uh, press bond the material onto the substrate through a couple of different technologies. So you get that same appearance, yeah. but at a lower price point than you would with a traditional cut and sew. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, uh, Helen talked about the large trucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the commercial where the babysitter's in the car and she's running her hand up and down the stitching you're referring to, <laughs> and gets to the switches and you see a very nice view of the interior. You talk about putting money in the interior, they're selling that vehicle 
on the interior. And the message, of course, is the babysitter says, you can afford to pay me more because you've got this yeah. premium <laughs> vehicle. Yeah. But yeah. the execution of that interior, as Helen mentioned, that was done to a budget. And yeah. we that's, that's yeah, real stitching. Yes. It's, you know, for, you would never have stitched, you know, a, a, the, the volume of you have of these large truck programs before, but with yeah. the right. technology advanced robotic stitching, what he was talking about yeah. with the ability, with the Jay mentioned with the ability to make the parts with these uh, techniques that, you know, are, are new, yeah. it, it's really unlocked a lot of the yeah, styling features really that they it. want. It really and has. what you said, was right. working together as a team really helped. Because rather than me coming last minute or my team or anybody asking last minute, of course, then you've got to develop it. And also, often you can design something. But if you talk in the beginning to the suppliers and also to our manufacturing plants, we had the manufacturing guys from the beginning in the plant, which is not normal, letting them in design. We brought them in. We brought the guys from Bowling Green for the Corvette. They were great. We brought the guys from the plants um, for the trucks, from Flint and out from Arlington. We brought them in. And we said, tell me now, how can I change this design to help you build it? Because if I can design it in a way that you can build it better and cheaper, I can spend the money where people really see it. So all of these working together in a big collaboration really did help. And I think you see it in the product. Can you give us any examples of the kind of feedback you got from the manufacturing people? Yeah, I can actually. On the Corvette, when we did the Corvette design, we all loved that design. And Ryan Vaughan was the designer who did the sketch. And engineering was really worried. They were so worried at first because everybody loved it, but we're like, we don't know how we're going to do it with the door to IP and with the buttress with the, you know, the grip, grip handle. And they're like, we were worried a few things, Helen. I said, so we're going to get the plant guys in. I'm just warning you now, Helen. They're going to, you know, I said, okay, bring them in. So they brought, we brought them in. We showed them the full size. They walked them in. We love it. I said, I need your help. And I said, I was honest. I said, if you guys don't help me, I've got to change this design. I said, tell me what I can do so we can make. They were amazing. They actually worked with us for about a week. They were there and they worked with engineering and design all together. And they found a way that on the plant, they're actually moving the aluminum part on every door, which we normally wouldn't do that, but they have designed it in a way they can line it up. So, I mean, if it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't have got that design. Yeah, well, that's where the, the car really comes to life, right, yeah. is on the, the factory floor. If, yeah. if they can't make it, it doesn't matter how beautiful it, it doesn't looks. doesn't help anybody, yes. Another really good example of that was with the large trucks that she mentioned. Yeah. We were involved right in the very beginning, and this, again, a, a, a Tier 1 supplier in the studio, yeah. and they were totally open with us on what their allowable cost and cost book was for this interior. Tell us how to get there but give us what we want. And we yeah. spent a lot of time in there. That's got to be different, it's, right? Uh, it, we, were, we used to they'd always have us in the studio, but for a, a program team and a, a studio team to be telling you what, here, here's the dollars we have for this interior, help us get there. And if you can't make it here, where can we trade it off? Exactly. It's a lot of open discussion and it's a, a, a trust level that yeah. didn't exist 10 years ago. No, for sure. we didn't. Jay, do you see that much more uh, early involvement on the part of OEs and opening up their, their own costs as to what your target's got to be? Yeah, I think as the OEMs have started to go to this kind of strategic sourcing methodology yeah. where they're looking, they kind of know who they want to have the business uh, as they start the, pro the program. They come to us early and say, help us get to where we need yeah. to get to. Uh, and that's really where we have the advantage because when we take uh, a look at how they're designing a product, what technologies they want to use and what we have available in our facility, we can really optimize that design to make sure that it's going to fit with the technologies that we're selecting and the materials that we're choosing within the plant that it's going to be manufactured, just like yeah. you did with, with Bowling Green. Yeah. It's the same idea. We have to be able to talk together to make smart decisions in the yeah. beginning. It doesn't cost much money to erase a line and redraw it in, in the, the design phase, exactly. but as exactly. soon as you're into hard tooling, 
It's a Big factor of a thousand, yeah. you know, yeah. To, yeah. to make changes. But like they say in New York, forget about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Helen, this industry swings like a pendulum. Yep. And if you go back to the 1990s, it was, the, the mentality was outsource everything. And GM, but not just yeah. GM, was outsourcing a lot of interior design. Yes. That's switched, and you've pulled a lot back in. Where's the balance right now? We have we've brought back, especially on the design side, we do all the design for the interior in the design studios here at Warren all around the world. And I think it's going to stay that way. I think that, but what we have to do is we have to improve our relationships there with the suppliers. We still want to control what we're doing and putting out the design, but we just got to work as a team. It's, it's not them versus us. We've got to work as a team. And working in team from the beginning, like you said, by taking it a line in the beginning. And often, when you didn't work that way, you weren't happy. No one was happy with the result at the end of it, if we're all honest about it. You'd end up with a stitch line. You think, oh, if I'd have really thought about it, I wouldn't have done that. But we're being stubborn. You're being stubborn. So you end up with something that you're not happy. But it's all about teamwork and trust. That's the big thing. Yeah, and then from, a, from our perspective, it, it's... It hasn't swung all the way. There, for example, on the Cadillac ELR, that's a program that, the, of course, the design, the Class A surface, done by General Motors. But we did the actual interior design, the, 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 how the parts go together, the packaging. Other programs are being done by General Motors. As you yeah. said, they brought them back in-house. The skill set's still the same. We yeah. did the same support from a manufacturing side, from a design side, what material selection. That all still has to be part of it. So it's a... It's a whether you're going full design or supporting the design, yeah. you have to deliver the final product. That's the key. And Jade, uh, uh, Forsia does a, a lot of conceptual kind of design, too. So how, how does that work for you guys? Because I've, I've seen at auto shows you're demonstrating new designs for seats or instrument panels and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we're looking to, to set a vision for where we want to take our product lines within our organization. And when we have tech days and, and auto show properties, that's really what we're doing. We're yeah. taking the feedback from the industry, what we're seeing across a multitude of OEMs uh, in themes that we're seeing outside of automotive, trends in design, trends in materials and colors. And we're incorporating that into a vision uh, so that we can offer up some new exciting products yeah. to the OEM and kind of collaborate with them. You know, they're doing a ton of market research on their own side, talking to yeah. consumers and clinics, and we're trying to do some of that same research as well so that we can come together and yeah. find those golden nuggets where we really find a consumer group and a segment of vehicle that goes together well uh, and make sure that we're giving them what they want at the end of the day because yeah. at the end of the day, the more cars that our customers sell, the more cars that we sell. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing all these conceptual things, Helen, uh, and, and GM is doing its own market research. So how heavily do you rely on suppliers to bring new ideas to you? Very heavily, because we're developing on our design side. Not The engineering's different, but from the design side, we're developing our designs. But we have to rely, because we can't hire everybody, and we're not the experts at everything. You have to trust the experts at their field. And that was, I think, a mistake we didn't do so much, but now we are doing that. We'll do our part, you do your part, we'll listen to you and we'll work together. So I think it's very important, actually. And Pat, I gotta believe suppliers almost have an advantage in that regard because you work with all kinds of different car companies. So I know you can't steal ideas yeah, from one and take it to the other, but you, yeah. you can learn things along the way. Well, for, and the, if it's something that uh, can be a value or maybe a save cost across the spectrum, mm -hmm. you wanna bring it to all your customers. Um, there's um, technology and uh, proprietary information you develop as a supplier that you want to take to all your customers. Mm -hmm. There's customer uh, information that has to be held sacred. That's, that's, that's always the challenge, is how much do you share because you want to win that program with, a, with another customer. 
But I, I think it, um, if you look across all the products that you do, uh, the marketing that the, the uh, General Motors does, they're, they're very aware of who their benchmark vehicles are, whether it's a BMW or an Audi or a, a Hyundai for whatever you know, a feature happens to be. And we're doing the same thing. So yeah. when we sit down in our tech reviews and we're saying, hey, this is what we're seeing in the market trends, you know, where do you see your market segments? Is Buick going to be doing this? Is GMC going to be slotted here? You know, is Chevy going to be here? And try and adapt yeah. what well, we have technologies to those types of, of vehicle trends. Bring as much feature as you can into the entry-level vehicles, into the mid-level vehicles, and the luxury vehicles. Yeah. And try and get that, that interior to be like the home, right? The second home. Yeah, I think that's really where we can help the OEM because the OEM has to be an expert in marketing, selling vehicles, servicing vehicles. Yeah. Uh, powertrain, all these different parts that go into the vehicle, we are really the experts on the interior side of it. So that's where we can bring some additional uh, insight into that specific part of the vehicle to assist them to be more successful. Yeah. When I get in a car and I like the interior design instantly, one of the things that I think my eye reads is that the instrument cluster right behind the steering wheel has the same kind of fonts, colors, as all the gauges and whatnot on the, the console. Yeah. Some cars I get in, it's very clear, whoever did the instrument cluster did not talk to the guys yeah. doing the radio, did not talk to the people doing the HVAC system and the yeah. like. How do you coordinate all that? We actually now, it's all, in, it's all in one studio and in the design side, it's actually now under me. I gained that just recently. So we look into that and it's very important because I went through that on the trucks. Mm -hmm. and. We also have to, not only do they have to match, but you have to think about which brand as well. So a lot of the times we would put a different color in one brand to another brand, and the customer doesn't see that. They don't really realize. In the full-size truck, we did blue lighting for Chevrolet, and we did red lighting for GMC. The customer, I don't know whether they always see it. So now we're really seriously thinking about what is the right way to do that? What is the right font? Why change the font? The font should be really clear so it's not date, so you can see it and read it. We shouldn't just do it one way because it's GMC. So we're really focusing on that a lot, actually. I'm spending a lot of hours with my team on that. The other thing, too, is uh, we've seen a lot of touch screens, yeah. and there's been a lot of negative feedback from consumers. They still like buttons and knobs and that yeah. sort of thing. So does do you get involved in that aspect of the interior design? I could only but tell you what we've been going through recently. You would not believe it. Yes, we do get very involved in that. But I think you have to think about the vehicle and the brand. Like for the full-size trucks, they like the switches and the gauges. They like that. That's not the correct vehicle to take them out. The Cadillac, we have gone to the touchscreen and people are getting used to it. So you really have to think about where it is, which customer and what vehicle but I've been spending a lot of hours on that. You know, it's interesting that you talk, you, you talk about the exterior and the interior. You know, they, they say the exterior grabs you, the interior holds you, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the vehicle, it, you like the showroom, oh, that's really neat. Yeah. You sit in that vehicle and you sit inside that car a lot longer than you sat or walked around it and looked yeah. at the exterior. And my wife is a, uh, a great interior consumer. Most, believe it or not, most large SUVs are sold to women, a, a larger yes. percentage buy them. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and she uses the, the term fingernail friendly, <laughs> you know, touching yes. knobs. You mentioned yes. the feel, the, the yes. design design's very involved. Yes. The haptics around yes. how that switch feels, whether it's, it feels like rubber, whether it feels like yes. metal, is all very important in the yeah. consumer experience. We spend a tremendous amount of time on the material side trying to deliver what that styling suit really wants from a feel perspective. How do you get that yeah. so that's it's the right feel, just, yeah. just, just so. Yeah, and I think that the first inch, which is what we call it at Forsia, that kind of first inch of, of decoration, of user interface, of touch screens, 
when you ask a consumer, what would you like to have, and everybody will say, oh, I'd love to have an iPad or this, yeah. this great touch screen, but if you, if you taped an iPad to their car and said drive it down the road and now interact with it, mm -hmm. that's a very different experience yeah. than holding it in your hand when you're completely yeah. focused on using yeah. it. And I think that's been the challenge for the industry is yeah. using that type of technology yeah. in a vehicle is completely different than while well, you're sitting in a chair at a desk in your living room trying to use it. And it's, it's driving us to think smarter about the way that we're interacting with the vehicle to minimize the amount of distraction that's out there to make it safe for consumers, but still give them what they want, which yeah. is much more integration than they've had in the past in terms of yeah. usability while they're driving for navigation, finding mm -hmm. places to go, hotspots, connect with friends, all of those social things that are happening today. So Jay, tell us some of the cool things that you guys are working on. And, and one, and I'll, I'll prompt you on this, okay. heated armrests. Mm -hmm. I think heated seats are one of the greatest <laughs> inventions. It took the industry 100 years to figure it out. Yeah. Now we've got heated steering wheels, right. which are also phenomenal if, in the wintertime. And I know you guys have shown heated armrests as well. Yeah. So in the new S-Class uh, that we just launched, we actually have both on the door panel and on the center console heated armrest. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that warmth that you get when you come into the vehicle. So as you're waiting for that HVAC to warm up when it's in Michigan this year, when it's yeah. you know, minus 30 most mornings, <laughs> it seems, uh, you know, yeah. those things heat up much faster than your HVAC uh, can yeah. catch up. In, in It gives you that initial warmth, that radiant heat that's very relaxing and soothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, as your HVAC comes up. So the more that you can incorporate warm warmth into those touch surfaces, uh, primary touch zones, I think it's a benefit for yeah. consumers. Yeah. Pat, what, what are some of the cool things that we should yeah. be on the lookout for? I, I'm going to use the warmth and comfort thing, but um, the, the lighting in the vehicles now is really uh, uh, going to another level with the ambient lighting and the different colors. Um, one of the things that we talked about, the stitching, and how stitching has really evolved in the vehicles into entry level all the way up. And uh, we're looking at uh, the lighting of the stitching. Mm -hmm. so, so when you, no oh, yeah, kidding! Yeah, so you actually would see the individual stitches of the light, the ambient light behind it. That's, um, so that's a pretty exciting technology. I think would, is again when you get in your vehicle as you're waiting, that's the experience becomes wow. This is it grabs you. And who's one? Was, was it Bentley? I'm trying to remember now. Has done a headliner mm -hmm. that almost looks like stars yeah. at night. Yeah. Right. So yeah. some cool stuff. So mm -hmm. Helen, what should we be on the lookout for? I, I know <laughs> you can't talk about future products. I can't tell These you guys can. They're selling I know. I'd love to, but I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we're working, actually, because I've now moved into the GMC, so we're actually looking across the whole portfolio of GMC and looking where we can raise the bar even higher on the GMC, especially with the real materials, making sure that we've got it core across all the GMCs, the real materials and the um, finish, fit, the stitching. We really are working on how we keep GMC above. It, it's amazing to me to see how GMC has yeah. evolved from very much a work truck going yes. back some decades ago yeah. to now it's just pure luxury. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if you make work trucks. I know you sell we them do. as if they are, but <laughs> it's, it's a much uh, yes. higher level. And so, uh, yeah, how do you take it to the next level? What do you, you you've touched on some of the things, yeah. but how do you... I just got out of uh, a Yukon Denali. Oh, I know, yes. Unbelievable, yes. the interior on that thing. Yeah. How do you beat that? <laughs> That's what we're working on. It's hard, though, because we really did take, because the Denali was always good, but the Yukon Denali this time, because we put all the real authentic materials. So we're looking into that. How do we raise that? Do we stay there? Do we add some another level? What do we do to raise the bar? Because the customers, they do want it. It's been very interesting this time around on the full-size trucks and on the SUVs. The customers want, they want the luxury. The GMC buyers, they want everything, but they don't want the flash. 
And it was really interesting. I worked on the Escalade as well, where the, it's very different. Mm -hmm. But the GMC, especially the Denali, they want everything. So we're looking at how we can do that. One thing we haven't talked about, I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, the the look of the car, the yeah. lighting and the like, but uh, Jay, what about the way the material feels, you know, what designers call the hand? I think that's a great way of connoting luxury or, or anything else to a, an owner. Yeah, so we actually worked on a new uh, TPO-based material that can be used in cut and sew that has a very, very soft feel to it. Yeah. So even though it's plastic. Even though it's yeah. plastic, mm -hmm. uh, if you, we put it in what we call the Pepsi Challenge test where you, <laughs> you wrap an IP one with one material, one side with the other, and then you have the designers test it. Yeah. And they really have a difficult time telling it apart from the real materials. Yeah. And we see that as being a great proposition for a base level vehicle. Uh, in a lineup or in a mid-segment vehicle where you can offer that nice luxury feel uh, at a price yeah. point that's appropriate for the segment. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's the challenge. I mean, yeah. to, to what, how does Helen get what she wants in the next interior? You, you've got to free up money. Yeah. So you, you take the, the current products that you're doing and you, the super soft TPOs and we make them so you can wrap them, so you can stitch them, and the, yet the consumer loves the feel of it. It's not, you know, the the old slippery uh, olefin materials. It yeah. feels like leather. It, it feels, you know, real. And then, but you can do it at a price point, as, as Jay said, that frees up fifty dollars. They can put another yeah. feature in that GMC vehicle. Yeah. That wow, another customer exciter. You know? Yeah. But one of the things is it's true because as these guys are getting better at doing these materials and they look great when you put them in the interior, then you're like, oh. How come, how can we then say now, but you really want the real one with the leather wrapped? Yeah. Because the other one looks just as good in fact, sometimes it looks better. Mm -hmm. So then you're having to find a way, okay, well, this is how we'll do it this way. And then when we wrap it with leather, we'll add extra stitching. We have to add extra details in because the other one looks better. <laughs> so that's hard. Well, I want to thank you all for coming in today. This has been a very interesting discussion. I can't wait to see some of the designs that are coming out. But Jay Hutchins from Forsia. Pat Stewart from Intiva, Helen Emsley, head of GMC Design. I want to thank you all for having come on Autoline this week. Thank You're very welcome. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for having tuned in.